This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. You're listening to the Church Boys Free Fall Q&A. It's Billy Hollowell here with the Church Boys, and I have Ray Norman on the line. How are you doing today, Ray? I'm doing fine, Billy. Thank you. So, you know, I'm, I'm really intrigued to speak with you. I, a, I love World Vision, which is where you work. I think it's a great organization doing really fascinating work um, and important work around the world, and so I appreciate the work that you guys do. Um, before we get into the, the big topic of the day, which is, um, which, which is Islam and, and the Muslim faith and, and Christians and how they interact with, with Muslims and that faith, let me ask you, what, what do you do at World Vision? Tell us a little bit about your work. Well, presently, I serve as the director for faith leadership uh, in World Vision's water, sanitation, and hygiene programs. World Vision does an enormous work around the globe uh, trying to improve uh, access to clean water and uh, safe sanitation and, and good, good hygiene. And most of my work is looking at how, uh, how World Vision can more effectively integrate uh, its Christian commitments, its Christian witness into into those programs, especially in contexts where there's a lot of restrictions and where where, uh, where life is pretty challenging for most people. Now, you have had in your career, you had quite a bit of experience um, serving Muslim populations, working with Muslims. Let me, I mean, right now we're, we're in a place where the world is in, in chaos on a variety of fronts, and you know, Islamic extremism has been at the center of many of the events that have happened of late. And I think with that has come a lot of um, uncomfortableness, increased uncomfortableness, frustration, fear. Um, and we've had things happen like Donald Trump calling for uh, basically a temporary ban on allowing any Muslims into the country. I'm not quite sure how something like that would be figured out or how that would be implemented into policy. If I doubt it ever will be. But um, you know, all of these things sort of sort of happening right now. What has what was your experience, and what has your experience been serving Muslim populations as as a Christian? Well, really, um, my experience. I, I, my wife and I have had the privilege of living uh, for at least fifteen years of our lives uh, in uh, Muslim countries and among Muslim people. And, you know, our, our purpose was to go there and to, to serve them, to serve in the name of Christ, even in restricted environments where, you know, many places where you're not allowed to openly witness and certainly not allowed to proselytize. But even in the midst of those restricted environments, we were overwhelmingly the recipients of very warm hospitality and friendship uh, by our Muslim friends and neighbors and, and co-workers. And our, our lives, quite frankly, our lives were profoundly impacted uh, by Muslim people. And so we have, that, that is our, our perspective and, and our experience. And I don't know if you want to answer this question. I'm just going to ask you, and you can just say, you know, I'd rather not. Um, you know, do you consider yourself more of a conservative guy, a liberal guy? You know, where do you, where do you kind of fall on that, on that spectrum? Well, um, I guess the best way I would say it, Billy, is, is uh, theologically, I am very conservative, but uh, relationally, um, I am very liberal, and I think that I think that's my interpretation of Scripture is what that's what we're, we're called to be, is to 
fully believe in, in Scripture as the inspired Word of God, but I think Scripture also compels us as Christians uh, to reach out to love people uh, liberally and unconditionally, much as Jesus did. Now, when you were serving in in some of these communities, where a where did you serve, and then b you know what were some of uh, the the activities and the things that you guys were doing there? We mostly worked in areas of the Middle East. We worked in the Persian Gulf, and then we've worked in uh, in North Africa and and West Africa, and, and essentially all of those were were predominantly Muslim Muslim countries. In our early years, I worked as a professional, as a as a Christian professional uh, under secular auspices, mostly doing research, doing university work, and other research programs. And then, in more recent years, I joined um, back in 1999. I joined World Vision uh, to oversee its poverty reduction program in the Islamic Republic of Mauritania, which is in Northwest Africa. And, and that work there was is strictly humanitarian. Um, as one would expect, uh, in such an environment, World Vision is, uh, does not have the freedom to openly, uh, overtly uh, witness as it, as it would in other countries. But, you know, our hope and our prayer was that being able to reach out and, and help these poor communities uh, uh, with the love of Christ and not being ashamed of our, our Christian identity, we were always very open about our Christian identity. But even in the midst of the restrictions, our hope and our prayer was always that uh, that those acts of love and kindness would be a demonstration of, of Christ's love. You know, something that, absolutely, and something that was very interesting, um, and I just did an interview earlier today and, and also had covered, a, I don't know if you saw this poll that came out, um, but it was through the Brookings Institute and, and really looking at a variety of opinions, mainly about evangelicals, the end times, but also how evangelicals and Americans at large view Israel, view the Middle East, view Islam. And it was interesting to me in in the questions, it seemed to be, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, that Americans were much more, they were more favorable of Muslim people than than they were unfavorable, but they were more unfavorable of the of Islam as a religion then they were favorable and so there was a really interesting distinction between people versus an institution in the, in those results and I don't know the level to that difference but I'm pretty sure I'm framing it framing it accurately from what I saw and th- that was fascinating to me and and you're talking about relational experiences with people interacting with people um and you mentioned some of the restrictions as well, which is more of sort of the the structural issue of whatever interpretation of Islam is sort of maybe dominating the government in in a particular country. Let's let's just talk a little bit about, and we can get back to some of that. But you and your daughter after nine eleven, uh, you guys were attacked while you were over there, correct? Yes, that's correct. Uh, we were living in that in in that country uh, when nine eleven occurred, and of course, uh, while the majority of people in that country did were, did not sympathize with with what Al Qaeda did at on nine eleven, there there were pockets, uh, small pockets of of sympathizers, and because of that, security was very tight. It was a very it was a very challenging few weeks after after nine eleven. And then the U.S. launched its assault on um, on Afghanistan, and many people who were not supportive of 9/11 felt, nevertheless, uncomfortable about the U.S.'s entrance into Afghanistan. 
And so tensions uh, erupted once again, and it was in the midst of those tensions that uh, my daughter and I were attacked by by lone gunmen. She was shot in the chest, I was shot in the arm, and we were miraculously able to escape, and and uh, and we both survived. Now, and this was this was obviously an extremist, somebody who did they know? Did, I mean, first of all, did they ever catch the person who did this? Yes, yes, he was caught and apprehended, and we were we were able to visit him actually in the prison uh, some months later. What was his motivation? Well, when we were we went to visit him in the prison, my wife and my daughter went with me. They were they were very keen on being able to meet with him and talk with him. And uh, my daughter, to our amazement, we didn't realize she was going to say anything, but uh, she asked if she could address the prisoner, and she said. Um, she said, Mr. Ali, I'd like to know why you tried to kill my, my daddy, uh, which shocked all of us when she came out with this. And, you know, he mumbled a, a, a response, which I thought was reasonable. He said, <clears throat> he said, well, first of all, I, I, I committed a, a gross act of stupidity. And then he rambled around a bit. And in, in reconstructing his conversation, the best I could make out of it was that he wanted to be a hero of sorts. He was looking for some attention. But it was it was it was not a concerted effort. It was a lone it was a lone effort on on his on his behalf. He would you, was he basically a, somebody who, for whatever reason, would be considered a radical? Well, uh, his acts were certainly radical. Um, you know, we did not interview him in in depth. In fact, when we when we met with him uh, after he responded to my my daughter's questions, you know, to our utter amazement, she then turned to him again and said, well, Mr. Ali, I want you to know that uh, I don't have any bitterness in my heart, and, and I forgive you. Wow. And, of course, that took the conversation in a different direction, so we, we did not get any more information out of him uh, as to his motives. Now, how how old was your daughter at the time? She was 10. So this is, mir- I mean, it's almost miraculous. You're in a foreign country, and for the two of you to, to survive that um, is really astounding to me and, and amazing. Now, after that, obviously, you would have every reason in the world to dislike Muslims, not not justifying that sort of attitude. But but I think when people have experiences like that, it's very easy to say, this is awful, I'm not doing this anymore, and I'm not going back. You've continued to do your work after that, and and you don't have that attitude. Your attitude is that Muslims are not our enemies. Ta- take me through how you were able to not be bitter after that. Well, Billy, that's a that's a very very good question. We were right after the assault. We were medevaced to France, where my daughter underwent some surgery to her chest wounds, um, and that was the big question: Do we return? And and not just ourselves. Do we shut down World Vision's program? World Vision was working with uh, several hundred thousand beneficiaries, very very poor people, the poorest of the poor, and we were you know, walking with them on their journey out of poverty, and and they were equally traumatized and worried that. World Vision was going to pull out. So this was a huge question on our minds. Um, and in the end, we decided to go back. But before we ever went to Mauritania, I think my wife and I had wrestled with already with the risks, the potential risk involved in doing this kind of work. And we, we knew that that there would be suffering, there would be risk, and even the possibility of, of it costing our lives. 
So when the assault happened, my reaction was, to my own surprise, was not one of anger. I, that was never part of the complex equation tumbling around in my own heart. My emotions were one ones of, of hurt, uh, the feeling of rejection, because these were people that I had come to love. Uh, my wife and my daughter and my, the rest of my family had come to love and deeply value these people. And as a representative of these people, this... Uh, this individual had stepped out of the sand dunes and opened fire on us. So I dealt more with the notion of hurt. When we were trying to decide whether or not to come back, we consulted um, uh, many of our pastors and those we were accountable to spiritually back, back here in the U.S. And, and in Europe, where my wife is from. And for many of them, their advice was, well, Ray, you've been doing this for 15 years. You know, maybe it's time to come home and restore and, and get refreshed. Uh, you know, maybe it's a time to end this season in your lives. But, you know, that was not the call in our hearts. And we felt strongly uh, called to go back. And so so we did. And, and the book, just and I'll finish on this, the book, uh, while it focuses on those events, primarily it focuses on what happened when we went back. And a large part of that is the way in which our Muslim friends reached out to us with incredible uh, compassion and love and helped us to get on our feet, helped to restore us, and to, to get us back in, in the place we needed to be. I mean, yeah, and, and I think that that is an amazing testament. And it is easy to paint an entire group of people with one brush. I, do, you know, I think that the problem with, when it comes to, to Islam, and I'm, not, and I'm saying Islam as a whole, is that you have this small portion that is that is radical, but unfortunately, it's a big enough portion that I mean, look, you've got a, you've got a lot of Muslims, just like we have a lot of Christians in the world, and if you know one percent or three percent of Christians were radical, um, and, and this is not to say there aren't any radical Christians in the world, but if they were, you were, you would have a similar dynamic, right, unfolding um, the yes. way that this is, and. How do you, I guess, what's your message to people right now in the wake of having Donald Trump say, don't let Muslims into the country right now, in the wake of having so many people on edge with San Bernardino? I mean, what, what would you say to, to fellow Christians and to the public? Uh, very, very fair question, Billy. Very fair question. And the whole discussion, the whole debate is a very complex one. And personally, I don't feel there's any simple or, or easy easy solutions. But I think certainly for the church, for Christians in the, in the U.S., I, I think we, uh, my advice is to be careful to guard against um, uh, the, the, the rhetoric of fear, so much of the rhetoric of fear that we hear through the media today that, that, that implicitly calls for us to take a defensive posture. I I certainly believe that as a people, as a nation, we have every right to protect ourselves, to protect our culture, our values, and we have to figure out how to do that, and that's certainly the responsibility of our government, and and may God give us wisdom on, on how to do that. But as, as, as Christians, you know, we're called first and foremost uh, to love. We've been given commandment to love, and while we may disagree with the tenets of Islam, and we may find them reprehensible and, and counter to what we believe as Christians and even to our culture. We have to love people. We have to love all people. And um, that, that, that would be my advice to, to the church, is that we, we, in the midst of the difficult questions we have, we have to, we have to reach out in compassionate love. Um, I, I'm reminded of, 
of the words of, of Peter who said um, in Second Peter, First uh, Peter two twenty three, and while being reviled, he did not revile in return. While suffering, he uttered no threats, but kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. And as Christians, I, my advice is we have to arm ourselves with the life-giving gospel, uh, first and foremost. Uh, and then may God give us wisdom on how to, to take care of ourselves and protect our family and our nation. Yeah, I think that's really an, an interesting way to put it. And I think I'm going to say something that might get me in trouble, but this is my, my perspective is that there are sort of two extremes on this end. And you may disagree and feel free to. You kind sure. of have this one end where people are saying, you know, we can never mention the word Islam if we talk about extremism. We can never, you know, we have to totally isolate out and pretend that there's nothing going on almost um, and only talk about extremism. Then you have this other end where people are saying we need to ban Muslims. We, you know, every Muslim's a terrorist. Um, those are the extremes that, that I feel there are. Now, some would say the first one's not an extreme, but I, I tend to, when I sort of look at the picture, you know, to me, if there was a Christian extremist, it wouldn't be, I, I think Westboro calling them extremists, I mean, I guess I, I might say, well, they're not really Christians, and I think that's the same, the same thing that somebody, that a Muslim might say about um, a terrorist in their eyes. Well, that person is not really a Muslim. Um, but it does seem like we have these these extremes on this on this issue. You know, how should the issue be talked about? And I mean, I don't want to get you in trouble, but do you see a pro? I mean, are there problems culturally, in your view, with with Islam itself? Well, I I am a Christian, and I hold to the tenets of the of of the Christian faith. So I I do not hold to the tenets of Islam whatsoever. Uh, there, there are, however, a lot of commonalities. In fact, I would venture to say that we have a lot more in common as Christians with our Muslim neighbors and friends, our more mainline, moderate uh, Muslim neighbors and friends, than we do people in the uh, people who are who are entirely secular. Uh, and those are commonalities that we need to seek out, and and which would 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 bless both sides if we were more diligent to do so. But, uh, Billy, I grew up in the South, and um, I, I have seen uh, Christian extremism. I've seen it played out on my African-American neighbors and friends. I have members of my own uh, past family who, who were involved in lynchings. Uh, I'm a white male. Uh, so, you know, I don't think there's any major faith on the face of the earth that has not had its extremist element. And with each occurrence, like we have today with Islam, we, we, have, we have to ask God's wisdom for how we, how we deal with it. I don't know if that's a sufficient answer for <laughs> no, you, I think, that, no, I think I it is. right now. Look, I think it is. I think, it's, I think it's disingenuous for people to say, oh, well, there's never been, you know, there aren't extremists in other... Fa-. I think it, now, at the same time, I think it's totally disingenuous to deny that extremism doesn't exist in other faiths. I also think it's sort of disingenuous for people to say, well... It isn't happening at a disturbing rate right now with Islam. I think I think most people who are looking at numbers and you know and looking at the types of events that are happening right now. Now that doesn't mean that every that again. I it's a very small portion of people, and I think there's a there's this attempt to sort of paint people with a broad brush. So that's not at all what I'm trying to do do by asking you that question. And I thought your answer was good. I you know it, it, this is challenging in particular, and I'm glad you brought up the point. You are a Christian, and I think for Christians, theologically, um, and not just Christians, any other faith, but but we're both Christians. So for Christians, Islam really is theologically not accurate and not correct, just as Muslims 
believe that Christianity is not accurate or, or correct, right? So, um, That's correct. And that really plays into a lot of this, too. And you, you really have, um, you know, I'm working on a, a book right now about the end times, and, you know, you have a lot of things flowing into this discussion that are not just political and social, but that are theological. And I think that makes it really difficult um, to tackle and to deal with and to handle um, and at the same time, for people to remember that a lot of Muslims are also victims in these uh, in these attacks as well by other by other Muslim ex- by Muslim extremists. So, um, look, I, I appreciate you coming on. Is there anything else you'd want to say about this topic? Well, based on your last comments, I would also just add that whether Christian or secular, even if you don't hold to the tenets of the Christian faith, uh, I think it behooves all people in the U.S. Uh, to try to reach out to their Muslim friends and neighbors in this time, because the vast majority of them, too, also uh, abhor the the extremism they see by people who claim the same faith. And so we do have a lot of common ground. I mean, we're, rather than, than taking a, as you said, a broad-stroke approach of a defensive posture against all Muslims, uh, to me that just exacerbates the problem. Um, the vast majority of Muslims, in in a sense, are, are on our side. They they too want to see an end to this extremism, and I think it behooves us, you know, all of us, to reach out and and to engage uh, in, in 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 fighting this. Um, and of course, as Christians, you know, to do that in in compassionate love, as Jesus has has commanded us to. Well, listen, I really appreciate you coming on today. Well, thank you, Billy. I appreciate the opportunity. Blessings to you, sir.